Here we go, this is the theme tune for the finished football show, which can only mean we're back on air. And this week, I remember to press record, so that should make my job of editing this thing a lot easier afterwards. Thanks for joining me. I'm Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland, along with my co-host here is Mark from FC Suomi. Hi, Mark. Hello. And down the bottom this week is Rich from Escape to Suomi. Hello. And there's, a, <laughs> and there's a, a wonderful delay between the audio and the video from Rich, so I actually heard him say it before his lips moved. Hello. Um, thanks for, for coming to episode four of the Finnish Football Show. We've got some people watching live, which is fantastic, <coughs> bearing in mind that I only actually got round to, uh, <laughs> to scheduling this this morning, so you've all done us proud. Um, I can see a few people in there. Those of you that are watching live, why not just use the message bar on the right-hand side and let us know where you're watching. I, I, know, I know that we've got Huck there who's over in the States, but where is everyone else? Just, just put a message there. You don't have to ask questions or anything else, but let us know where you're, where you're watching from. Episode four this week is going to be about the Liga Cup games, the group games, uh, and heading up towards the final. And also Finnish players that have been in European action recently, or action overseas anyway. As with last time, we're going to try this format of us talking a lot and you lot listening and then having a couple of specific question and answer sessions. So if you've got any questions, there's a couple of ways to, to get them to us. Uh, you can use the hashtag, uh, hashtag FFS4 on Twitter and Rich is quite good at keeping an eye on the old Twitter feed. So we'll, we'll come to those uh, after the first section. Um, or you can also type a question in the, in the message bar at the side there. And if you type slash and Q and then type your question, it will pop up on the left side of the screen and we'll, we'll have all the questions separated. And if you've just got smart Alec comments that you want to make, then by all means make those in the message bar at the right-hand side. So remember, hang around to the end of the show where we'll have a little bit of off-the-record chat. It, doesn't often get blue, but it's nice to have a little relaxed few minutes of uh, of chat with whoever's uh, still hanging around. Uh, unless, unless we're quoting Juha Maldinen, in which oh, case yes. it gets incredibly blue. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I've got that written down, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and my the warning that I think is going to become a regular thing now is to Rich to try and not drop the F-bomb too many times, because that does slow down the editing as well. But normally, he says, he's only quoting other people. Or me. Yeah, or yourself. So can I, can, I, can I start quoting Rich? Yeah. <laughs> to drop the F-bomb. Double quote marks around. Yeah. Hey, Rich, you, you've been to Podcast Boot Camp. Yes. Uh, producer what, Ben what did you from learn? Football Weekly. He uh, sat us all down in Guardian HQ on a Sunday morning with the uh, organic coffee and hemp biscuits and all that. And um, he sat down for, it was a good three and a half hours talking about podcasting the medium and you forget you know sort of outside of our sphere how much other podcasts there are there was a podcast about swinging you know in the biblical sense and um it was uh you know but then he said oh put your hands up if you've listened to serial the one about the cold case murderer and you know three quarters of the room put their hand up and i was sort of looking around going what serial i had no idea um so, obviously, I've recorded it and shared it amongst the guys, and, you know, hopefully some of producer Ben's magic will rub off on here, and, uh, you know, it may not be up to the standard of AC Jimbo and all that, but uh, I don't think I'm as miserable as Glenn Denning. So. No, I, 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 I have listened to it, and I thought it was, it was interesting, it was good, and thanks for, for recording it. Um, you're not planning to put in a transfer request and move over to the Swingers podcast, are you? Uh, well, no, I mean, I've got an Aston Martin keyring on my Ford Focus key, so um, that, that might give it away a little bit uh, when we go next door. But uh, I did make that joke when we met the neighbours and it didn't go down very well. No, okay. <laughs> Stemmy joke. Yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, well, I, 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 that's a bad choice of words. <laughs> I, I think that, I, having listened to it, um, I've got no intention of the, that changing us whatsoever, and I think we'll still be as shambolic as ever. Uh, 
Um, I, before we before we crack on with the with the news section, I just wanted to give a little shout out to someone who made me a very happy old man the other day. Uh, I was at a work work event, and it was like a sort of careers fair, trade show kind of thing. And I walked around with my business card in hand, trying to you know pimp out pimp my company services. And I got talking to a guy called Mika, and uh, introduced myself. And he said, "Oh, I've heard of you." He said, "I listened to the Finnish football show," and I was like. Yay! We got a fan. So, Mika, I know you're not watching live, uh, but you'll hopefully be listening to this on the on the podcast. And uh, thanks for thanks for letting me know that you're watching, and thanks to everybody that's watching. So, we're, before we've got a few people. Hang here. on, hang on, hang on. If, if you're going to do shout outs, can I get the band in uh, now? Because cool. otherwise, I've, I've forgotten for the first like every 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 week for the last three weeks, I've forgotten to thank Lemmen Busut, who are a band based in Tampere, who. I uh, have written the song Loppu Nasty that we use for the uh, for the intro to the show. And uh, they're on hiatus at the minute, but if you blast their Facebook page enough, they'll go back out on tour. Oh, good stuff. So, we'll try and get thank them. You, thank you, Lemon Boost. Yeah, it's, it's, good, it's good stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure we'll put a link to that in the show notes so that people can find them. Uh, Spotify and iTunes and, and wherever else you can uh, you can find their stuff. So where where are you watching us from? Uh, we got someone in study, which I even I know is uh, is what the locals call Helsinki. Who else have we got there? Come on, guys, let us know where you're watching from. I know Finns Finns, and I think he's he's the guy who does the Swedish. He's got a Swedish Twitter account that follows Finnish football. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like him. Good guy. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, new. Twitter accounts that have come come become known to me in the last few weeks, all about all about Finnish football, and uh, it amazes me the French one and the and the Swedish one and and so on and so on. So it's all it's good stuff, and uh, hopefully they they find their way to find us as well. So how about if we head over to the news? Who wants to go first with the news this week? Um, I'll go. I've got um, I sort of picked out the in a very similar cup vein. I've got a. Uh, the fourth round of the Swarman Cup was drawn on Monday, which is the Finnish Cup. Um, it's very, it's basically run the same way as the FA Cup, with different levels of clubs coming at different times. Um, this time saw the introduction of six of the Veikkausliiga clubs, along with those from Ukkonen and Karkkonen, um, and some actually really interesting draws. You know, even at this stage, it's funny that. Um, the way the Finnish Cup works is that the team who's ranked in the lower division plays at home. So it's given some interesting ties. We've got Tampere United, which is a blast from the past, playing TPS. Um, this is the new Tampere United after they sort of re-merged with their own Phoenix club, which if uh, anyone follows the whole Wimbledon saga, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, and we've got a, a low, well, a Savo derby. We've got MP against Coops. Uh Hercules, who are Daniel Amakachi's team, they travel to FC Kisto. And uh, funny enough, someone who I know who's uh, involved in Espa, in uh, Espo, he said that he's Irish, and when he moved to Finland, the first game he saw was a Champions League game between Haka and Liverpool. Um, his team are now playing Haka in the next round of the cup. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting one. And, uh, I hope Colm, if you're listening, uh, enjoy. So when are those games played, Rich? Is that, is um, that still part of the indoor sort of season? It's, um, it starts, you know, games start to come outside. The first games kick off, um, I think it's early next week and they go on basically whenever they can be fitted in by the two clubs, really. It's a, it's still quite a loose system where they don't play on a set weekend. It's, as long as the games are played within a four-week period. Um, and then uh, for the next round, which is the last 32, the final six Veikhouse Liga teams, including the ones in Europe, they drop in and uh, it's just straight knockout from there. Good stuff. Um, I, I just wanted... I, I noticed the, the story a couple of weeks ago. Of course I noticed. It was about Kilmarnock in Scotland uh, apparently making an approach to Simo Balakari at Asikor. And while I could see the appeal for them in trying to bring him across, uh, I'm not I'm not so sure that I could see Kilmarnock being a step up from um, from the Bakehouse League and from Asiko. 
Um, Derby County, maybe, who also got rid of their manager in the same around the same time. You could perhaps sort of step back and say, okay, fair enough. You've you've got somewhere to uh, somewhere to move on to there. But um, fortunately for the Ashikor fans, the club moved nice and quickly and got Simo tied down to a, a new four-year contract. So everything's okay as far as we're concerned. And I guess if a club makes an approach, then maybe there's some kind of recompense it was um it was um, Mark, are you back with us? hello can you hear me we can hear you again. Hey, great Thank you. thanks so i was just talking about simon of alacardi not going to kilmarnock uh what was your what was your news story from uh, from the last few weeks uh i was well i was i was gonna bring up uh yuka Raitala, who's who's moved now to uh to sundal in in deep league and in norway has been the latest of a a number of fins to go out there but uh, in the last 30 minutes uh, the Palolito has tweeted. This, it's going to work especially well on the podcast. Uh, the Palolito has tweeted um, just now that they're going to support Infantino in the um, FIFA presidential elections, which uh, I have to say is is a bit disappointing. I mean, probably it's not unexpected because the Palolito is, like many other, I guess, other associations in FIFA maybe a little bit of an old boys network that they've gone for the guy who's like Platini light because they couldn't vote for Platini because of the scandal that he's ensconced in. Yeah. So that's interesting because who, who who's better? I mean, I, I know it's kind of, you know, there's not, there's not much of a choice there, but who, who would you prefer? <laughs> it's a terrible sort of terrible bunch, but um, is it Faisal, the guy? Who's from the Saudi Arabian fella? Or no, George uh, Jordan. There's Bahrain. Uh, there's the um, Sheikh Salman from Bahrain, who's got a lot of questionable kind of human rights stuff. Yeah, let's say dubious achievements behind him, allegedly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think uh, Alicante agrees with me. So we must be right. He doesn't think there are many better options either. He's it's, got um, that South up. African guy, uh, Tokyo Sex Whale. No, to- um, Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo. I think Tokyo Sex Whale dropped out. I mean, oh, has he dropped out? <laughs> I think give it to him just for the fun we can have over the next, if, <laughs> next twenty years. He clings on to power. Yeah. If if not, he'd get my vote. No, but it's a bit like I. <sighs> I do think I do I do think there's there's still a terrible it's ter- terrible vibe and stink around FIFA. I mean I know Infantino's probably all right. He's probably the best of a bad bunch, but still I mean I don't think there's going to be any particular change. Yeah, no, I, I think we I think everyone probably agrees that that bringing different people into the same organisation working the same way is it's not changing anything. Everything just stays the same, isn't it? I think Huck agrees. <laughs> Yeah, it seems. To, How could seems you vote to... against Tokyo Sex World? Even if he's not anymore, anymore on the ballot, we should somehow get him back on. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on to the next the next section. After this, we'll have a break for questions. So remember, get your questions up on the on the right hand side. Use the slash Q before you type your question, and it will pop up on the left hand side, and we'll answer those after the next next section. And remember, if you think that one of the three of us on here is particularly uh, informative, amusing, or handsome, then by all means use the little hands on the screen and, uh, and give us some love. We need, we need the love. Dear God, we need the love. Um, so um, let's move on to the Finns. Finns in Europe, or Finns playing over, uh, overseas at the moment. Finns in action abroad. Um, the big, I guess the big one uh, last year, and uh, sorry, last week, and also continuing this week, was Tim Spav playing for Midland against Manchester United? Yeah, Mark, you... yeah, I, I, I can say I can, I can kick it off. Yeah, I mean, so it's not it's not a um, uh, a vintage Man United side. It's got to be said um, they had a lot of problems, and and Midland got lucky in that way that that ju- was it just before the kickoff. David de Gea got got ruled out injured, so he couldn't he couldn't start. So that was a massive massive boost, but. I did say it's going to be an odd night of predictions for me because in the last show uh, I named Heifke as my dark horse for the Liga Cup and they're bottom, <laughs> they're bottom, bottom of Group B. But I did say, I think, uh, two shows ago that this is the, if you're going to play Man United, this is the time to play them. And I thought, I thought Spav was amazing. He was 
there was a there was a uh, a minute in the in the thirty fifth I think it was about thirty 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 fifth minute where he picked the ball off Mata on the edge of his own box, took a step or two forward, and then pinged a uh, an, a looped uh, through ball over the Man United back line and sent um, some <laughs> his his fellow attacker away on a, on a forty yards chase to be one on one with the keeper. I mean the, the guy missed missed the chance, but I just you, you just sort of look at him and think. Where did he come from? Because two years ago, I mean, even a year, even when he moved to Denmark, you thought this is kind of it. This is going to sort of mellow out and have a, like a mid-level kind of career. But it was the same when he played South, against Southampton earlier in the season. He, he was just huge in front of the back four. He was he just uh, he was he blocked up the play. He was quick off his feet, surprisingly quick for a guy his size. And I thought his distribution was brilliant. It's funny, uh, sort of obviously watching it from London, Tim Sparv seems to be very much the the focal point of Mitchelland as far as even the English TV channels are concerned. Um, I I watched Man United's Cup game the other night and they had the picture to announce the fixture because they're showing uh, the Mitchelland game and it was um, Tim Sparv and Juan Mata. And it was just... Sort of, you know, surreal that even on Friday morning after the first match, Tim Sparv was in the background of the BBC Breakfast News while they were talking about Tesco now selling straight croissants. So it's, <laughs> you know, and you know, and Tim found that quite funny. But um, you know, the fact that he's gone to a club who very much are on the up, we mm. don't really see them as a traditional thing. But you know, the way they're being run, the, the the same owners as Brentford. It's very strange, but it's almost like a football manager experiment. But um, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, I mean, he's great. It's, it, it, it's, it's really strange. He's been in a way he's been kind of lucky because, because of sort of the habits of English football, because if you looked at the, at the pre-match stuff for Man United, everybody was saying, okay, like, which is the harder game for Man U, Midtjylland or Shrewsbury town? Like they were, honestly, they were, they were sort of, putting it as a, as, a, as a walk in the park for Man U. And they knocked out Southampton. Southampton were full strength under Koeman. They, yeah. they, I mean, it was a kind of a bit of a dog of a game, but they worked hard. They were very organized. They did what they do. And they, and they knocked out Southampton. And still they weren't taken particularly seriously. And then the second thing that he's got going for him is that he was rejected or like kicked out of English football for not being good enough. And he's managed to come back and haunt two, like, first of all, the, the side that let him go. Second, the side he supported as a kid. So it's a it's a it's a great story, but I think more than the story, he he was just he was just really good, and it was it's it's kind of surprising how much he's grown as a player in the last two years. Yeah, I used to for the last few years, I guess through the Ferguson era, I used to love watching Man U, and not not a Man United fan, but the way they played football with the wingers and the exciting play. And I, I know I started to sound like my dad in the eighties when Liverpool were great and. I was a kid and I hated them because they won everything. And my dad was like, oh, Liverpool are a great team to watch. Um, but I just can't watch them anymore. And, you know, United are playing badly. Arsenal play nice football, but I, I knew what was going to happen last night. I went to bed after the first goal and I said to myself, they're going to let another goal in just before the end. And then when I woke up this morning and found out that it was a penalty in the 83rd minute, it was like, oh, okay, I'm smart. Um, so I don't, I can't get myself excited to watch them. And how was the game last week? Apart, from, you know, apart from Sparv's performance, was it a game worth watching? Is it worth me watching tomorrow? I think the way Man United have played this year, it was probably one of the better games because they are generally terrible. They're, generally, they're not particularly exciting to watch. I think you know, Midfield sat back, counterattacked quite a lot. Gave the uh, Sparv did did. Sparv was like uh, like Rich said, he was kind of pivotal in breaking up the play and then redistributing it forward. They used a lot of pace on the break. Man United, if they'd have had Ro- Rooney, for example, Rooney was out injured as well. If they'd have had Rooney fit, they'd have probably won it. And the truth is, I think the replay is tomorrow, isn't it? Oh. It's still fifty-fifty. I'd put, mm, I'd still probably. My heart wants obviously Tim Sparv to go there and put another. 30-yard screamer in <laughs> at the Stretford end to send Midtjylland through, but yeah. I still probably think that Man U will have too much for them tomorrow. Who's, who's that? Are you, is that self-love on the screen there, Mark? You've got, you're getting the... Someone hands-free, hands-free. Hands <laughs> absolutely hands-free. It's not me. 
Got nothing. Got nothing. Not, on. Come on, guys. He's good, but he's not that good. Someone speak. <laughs> someone's buttons got stuck. Surely. Uh, there, there's a there's a clear te- technical fault. <laughs> Tim, wait a minute. It's Tim. It's Tim himself. Tim, give me I a virtual hug. <laughs> I didn't realize he'd logged in. I didn't notice. <laughs> but I do actually. I mean, the thing is, Hawks uh, uh, made a point on the on the chat about um, being the next. Uh, Hooker, yeah, captain, the Finnish, Finnish captain. And when Moisander was out in the later stages last year, Spav got the captaincy for a couple of games. And, and um, it was at the same time when Finland's upturn in form kind of took hold. So I think uh, I, I agree. I mean, that his, in terms of his performance, his, his control of a game, his understanding, his reading of the game, he should absolutely be captain. He's, he's earned, this is, you know, kind of classic what, we, what we've talked about on various occasions he's earned the right to be the captain because he looks like he's the best player and honestly from the from the game it looked like he could walk into 15 16 premier league teams midfield mm. do you know what i mean if i if i start to think about the team he wouldn't get an arsenal's team he probably wouldn't replace schweinsteiger or carrick at the moment he wouldn't get in man city's team just it's 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 kind of crazy to talk like that, but but he would get like he'd, he'd play Everton. He played Everton. He'd play not maybe he's not Spurs, but Watford, Palace, those kind of teams. Newcastle, God, he, he'd control in midfield in any of those teams. So he's not doing himself any harm at the moment. Then by playing well in high-profile games against United, that's that's for sure. Shop window. Yeah, yeah. Richie, there was another another game uh, last week. Uh, that you that you'd flagged up for Jona Doivio. Uh, I didn't flag that one up. I, I was going to oh, talk about uh, Dundee United because ah, why, okay. why not? Is that another one of you? Well, you talk about Dundee United. We'll come back to Doivio in a minute. Yeah, it's um, it's funny going back to the sort of Finns and Scots seem to have a very almost a close relationship football wise. Anyway, um, I know Mixu he lived here even while he was managing Finland. I say here, um, but. Um, you know, the fact that he went back to Dundee United in October um, as manager because he was a quite a popular player there in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, his Dundee United side, who, uh, you know, ha- have been one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. You know, it's hard when you go past the, obviously, the, the big two. But um, they were one point, it's a 12-team league. They were one point adrift when he took over. Uh, they're now 11 points from safety. Um, they did pick up a win at the weekend against Hearts, but um, you know, I'm sure the board will be delighted that they announced record profits just today. But um, it's, it sounds very difficult when the chairman has basically given him the vote of no confidence. And um, already 11 points away, their league splits into two with, I think, five games left. And, you know, he's brought Riku Whiskey in, who Admittedly, hasn't been fully fit. Um, he's played three games for a total of 84 minutes and hasn't got a goal. Now, it's not like he's just going to walk in and score a hat-trick, but it's, uh, it doesn't look good on Mixu. He, uh, he was touting himself around Scotland quite a bit after he got sacked by Finland. Um, he was linked to the Motherwell job before he took Dundee United, uh, which was what Simo was linked to as well. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, as far as his managerial reputation, you know, coming from a pretty unsuccessful time in Finland, getting a top flight job in Scotland and under his watch, they've just gone, you know, they'll get relegated now. And, you know, that second division in Scotland is actually very tough to get out of. Is he is he still sticking with the same tactics? Has he brought his, his philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I, I know we talked about quoting, so I won't use that word, but he did say, what's the bleak <laughs> point in training after they lost at Celtic? <laughs> and he, he said that to the club's official TV channel. So, you know, his hybrid Finnish Scottish accent, while I love it, it's um, he just doesn't bring any confidence at all and just has that permanent sort of shrug. Oh, Tim Sparves on my telly again, so... Yeah. But um, yes, so it's, um, you know, as far as Scotland are concerned anyway, uh, Mixu's very much going down with the ship, I think. That's a shame. When Riku Risky went there, he's not gone 
permanent? Has he? He's not gone permanently, has he? No, I think he's on loan till the end of the season. That's probably for the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I mean, even that story. I know we covered it briefly in the last podcast when the, the stories were coming out of Scotland. They obviously hadn't done their research, and it said, "Oh, Europa risky." And of course, it's oh, <laughs> what? What's going on? Um, they've announced Ruku. Even Larry was on Twitter saying, uh, "No, he's still here." And um, <laughs> so maybe they've signed the wrong one because he's scored in his first two games. So uh, yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah that's true. We'll, we'll come on to that a little bit later. That's where I yeah. have a little bit more to say, as you can, <laughs> as you can imagine. A little bit, anyway. Um, uh, what about then, Mark? I, I wonder if the if the rest of these were your suggestions, but Jona Toivio. Uh, yeah, Jona Toivio was mine. It's, uh, he doesn't. It's not that much to, to talk about when Molde went Molde went to uh, Sevilla um, in the Europa League. After after doing really well in the group stage, and they got hammered because they haven't played for uh, for three and a half months now. But it was a bit it was a bit um, it was a bit unfair for for Jonatovio because in, it's it's kind of strange given that he's a centre back. But in that three nil defeat, he actually played quite well. And um, Sevilla Sevilla channeled all of their attacks down the right hand side specifically to avoid dealing with him. And if you watch like the goals and the highlights now from the game. You'll see that he holds his position quite well. He beats his man quite well. And he takes control of his basic area, but it doesn't. It doesn't help. His, it doesn't help Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or the or Mulder any because uh, Sevilla just massively overpowered them, um, and they're on the way out of the Europa League pretty pretty definitively. If last week they were struggling because they hadn't played for three and a half months, then one week later is not going to see them in much in a much better position, I guess, unless they're particularly strong at home. Uh, yeah, I think not with a three nil deficit not to chase. I, I think uh, I think I think they're done and done and dusted, and it's a bit of a shame because it's it's a, a little bit like Tim Sparv. It's a shop window. If he can, if Tovio can play well, then then uh, he can grab grab attention, but. He's not going to turn any heads getting smashed 3-0 by, by Sevilla. And so, Saber Strandval. Yeah, um, it's a funny one. He uh, There was an interview with him in Ilta Sanamat at the weekend where he talked about his time in Iran. Um, yeah. He left Vepsu last year and he had a spell in Austria and he seems to have landed in a club called Ra'ahan in Tehran. Aha. Uh-huh. They, yeah, play in the bottom half in the top league of Iran, and um, he his main tale was all about how the club, if the results aren't going too well, they sacrifice sheep in order to uh, encourage good fortune. And the issues he has being a of a Western country trying to access social media, which is very difficult over there because he has to use the sort of software I use to watch Finnish TV, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that um, local women aren't allowed into the grounds, which, you know, is, uh, you know, with our sort of perspective on things is obviously very strange. Um, he's played seven games out there and has he scored once. But, um, yeah, his team's are 15th out of 16 in the division. So it'll be a tough one. Um, we've uh, sorted out an interview for the website, actually. So we'll go into into that a little bit more, including uh, how he happened to go to Iran of all the places in all the world. Uh, a thing in Iran kind of sticks out. There's one. There's one question that you absolutely have to ask him, which is something that I've always wondered about Sebastian Strandval. Why doesn't he score more goals? It's just okay. he, he's one of those guys. He looks. He's quite athletic. Uh, he gets forward quite well. His position's quite good. He's got a good shot. He has all of the composite parts for a footballer to score goals from midfield. Not like tons and tons, but his scoring record is like, I think, yeah, he's got one this season in about 10 games. I think he scored once when he was in Austria. Um, and before that, again, it wasn't that particular, particularly that sort of impressive. And it, it just, it's one of those things that always leaves me scratching my head because, you know, like there's, there's lots of players like Timo Furuholm. I can't understand how he scores goals because... 
he's just one of those guys. He's just one of those kind of classic forwards that if it goes off his backside or if it over his ear or whatever, but he manages to get the goal because he's in the right place at the right time. And Seba's just one of those guys. I can never understand why, why, why it just oh. doesn't. Maybe I'm not guys do it in the wrong place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, so, something, something like that. I mean, that sounds like if he's in uh, Tehran, then <laughs> maybe it's the it's the place for him. And who who wants who wants to cover the next the next players, which is Robin Lodd and Thomas Lamb? You'll notice the, the listeners will notice that I'm I'm got nothing to bring to the party in this section, so I'm quite happy to throw this open to you guys to uh, to have your say. All I know about uh, Robin Lodd is. He's playing quite regularly for Panathinaikos, anchoring a midfield with Michael Essien, which, you know, is yeah. a very strange turn of events. Um, I mean, albeit Essien was at his peak maybe eight, nine, ten years ago, but, you know, it's a great education for him. And, and he's actually left Finland, gone to a, admittedly a massive club, in a maybe not the most competitive league, but he's getting regular minutes. And even with the change of manager, he seems to have done quite well. And he's playing with experienced players. And, you know, he was the Vekos League Player of the Year a couple of years ago and fully deserved. And I think he's he's made a very good move there. A few things have pleased me more because, um, like you said, the, man- the manager that signed him changed within three months of uh, of him sort of hitting the ground, and that kind of thing sometimes it, it it breaks players, it breaks deals. But he's you know he knuckled down and he, he didn't get game time for about a month. Then he got a couple of substitute appearances. The minutes got longer and longer, and he got more stints. And he you know just kept the ball, did well, kept his head down, kept playing. And uh, I think he started now the last four four games. He's done ninety minutes consecutively. Um, and it's it's just you know it's great to see because you look at, you look at somebody like Robin Lerd and think and think that there's kind of hope for the for the Vekos Liga and for Finnish players because he can go out and then even in adversity still kind of get himself up and, and into the team. I mean, it's not like it's not a vintage Panathinaikos side by any by any stretch, but um, but it's still I mean he's knocking he's he's keeping players out of the team that are full fully fledged internationals. You know, I think the the guy whose place he's taken is Mehdi Abide, who plays for Algeria, and he's got about thirty, twenty, thirty caps for Algeria, and that's you know that's it's a big it's a big thing, it's big progress. So I'm very happy for him. And uh, Thomas Lamb, uh, centre back, he's playing centre back now, week in week out in in Holland, and uh, I think they've kept two or three clean sheets in the last in the last five games, and uh, PECs Wurle. Are doing well. They're kind of about seventh or eighth, uh, aiming for a European spot for next season. And are these players that you you guys would expect to start for the the hoop next time that the, the games come around? Oh, maybe maybe not start. I mean, they they certainly be on the you know the list of first reserves for the eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, Lam featured at the sort of the last two games of the campaign, the qualifiers, and he did quite well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and part of that might have been tactical because he's also eligible for Holland, and you know, why not chuck him in an, a competitive game and get rid of that all argument? Um, but Lodd played. A few, I think he's got three or four full caps, and you know. He's looking very promising, and you know you never know how things are going to change when things with the new manager and everything. But you've got a midfield who, you know, you've got Spav of obviously quality, but some of the other players, you know, they've suffering from injuries or they've not had, you know, the best of form or the best of moves in some cases. So, you know, if, if Lod keeps playing well in a team that's you know challenging at the top of the Greek league, then yeah, why not? I mean, him and Spav, that's that's not a bad midfield. Yeah. Back, back, at, back in, I don't know, episode two, maybe, I think Mark said he would like to see the national team focus more on the informed players, and you, you're picking out a few there that seem to be doing the business. Nicholas, Nicholas Moisander is not playing. And uh, Serie A is a hard league. Sampdoria are having a very bad season, but he's just not playing. And Thomas Lamb is playing. In the Dutch league, and he's doing he's doing a good job. So for me, that trumps that trumps experience. 
The, the final thing we've got here about players, Finnish, Finnish players overseas, are also a couple of other players that are not, not playing much at the moment, but maybe that's because of injury rather than, rather than form. Who, who has uh, some news on Perpa Hettemai and Timo Turunholm? So, t- uh, so they, they should both be back next week or, or, or within the next two weeks. Uh, Timo's been out since, since um, I think about October for about four or five months he had a he had a groin injury and then he had a and then he had his, his he had some sort of tooth infection thing that he had to have dealt with uh so he's not played since yeah been a, in a good few months Perpa got injured in a Serie A game against Genoa in early January just after the just after the new year he's been out for for the best part of two months with uh I think just a just a calf strain and he'll be back and Roman Yarmenko played tonight against Malaga in a friendly for the first time since, I think, since his surgery. And he scored in a 4-0 win for CSKA against Malaga. Back. The guys are back. Any, anything else from you, Rich, on the, on the Finnish players overseas? Um, well, no. I mean, I, I seem to have, I say, got lucky when so many seem to have moved to England or Britain at some point. But uh, to be honest, it's not been great news here, really. I mean, Jesse Joranen has sort of he's come back to Finland and uh, back to Fulham. He's um, he's fully fit again, but, you know, you've got a Fulham team who aren't pulling up trees in the championship. Glenn Kamara has moved on loan to Southend and he's not been playing that many minutes. He started the game last week, but he wasn't in the squad yesterday. Uh, Dan O'Shaughnessy has moved from Brentford to Mitchelland, which, you know, may be a good development for him. Um, and the various, you know, there's so many. If you look at the, the extent of the squad, that in the Premier League anyway, you've got all these Finns who are named, you know, in the Premier League squads. They're never going to get a game. Mm-hmm. part is the sort of reserve goalkeeper for Brighton, Vahid Hambo, is coming back from injury. He says he's not quite match fit, but he's in full training anyway. Um, you know, it's it's difficult. There's so many here now, but they just don't seem to get that run. Is Jesse, is Jesse Oren fit? Is he back? He is back. He's fit. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to be going back on loan again this season. But, um, you know, with, with Fulham... You know, they, they don't seem to have a settled goalkeeper. You know, yes, they obviously played for part of last season before he got injured and then went on loan. It's um, no, it's it's a shame. He's obviously got the potential, but Fulham, like a lot of clubs, only tend to loan players out knowing that they'll always play the games. There's a clause mm-hmm. in the contract that says if they don't play in the first team, you can't have them. So, um there is that sort of politicking around it as well. Do we have? Do we have any questions? On, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's not so many people watching us live today, and that's, that's probably because it was arranged quite late. But um, anything which on Twitter that's come that's come through. Um, well, the only tweet I've had is uh, from Adam, who's a Hifki fan, who says. I would love to have listened, but all I've got is a baby girl screaming in my ear hole. You've got all this to come, Rich. Um, <laughs> which, is, which is good. So not only is he not watching, but he's managing to heckle you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, letting me know what I'm, what I'm in for come next season. So, yeah. And Yuspe on the message on the message board there says he was just going just about to ask about Glen Kamara, and we you covered him. Briefly, there. Yeah, I mean, but there's a whole spe- story there I could go into, but um, nah, it's for, for another blog, I think. Okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so hang on, hang on, hang on. For another blog, <laughs> is that a blog that's not this blog? Um, <laughs> I, I might, maybe I'll actually write a story and then read it for our little side project. Okay. Hux asked, asked a question about Bakehouse Liga transfers, and of course we did we did quite a bit of this in the previous episode, but um, we did we did have this scheduled for a little bit later on. But any is it something you would want to talk about now? Something well, something since since last since last time, the last show, um, Alexei Yeremenko signed for. Um, 
signed for uh, SQL. And I think that's the title done and dusted. <laughs> because because I think if you've got somebody with with the pace and skill of Rieski and with the accuracy and the passing of Alexei Yaremenko, they're going to score against even the loudest biscuit packets. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. That was really, really loud. <laughs> I didn't mean to shame you. <laughs> I love the fact that he's still eating them. Like, like I know I did this, but I don't care. That's right. The dogs, dogs helping. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I think, uh, I think I've seen a couple of uh, comment pieces in in Ilda Sanomat, uh, Ilda Leti and Uralu Sanomat about he's been he's a big Alexei Yeremenko is a big risk and he's a big gamble and all this other stuff. But DM me, he's uh, he'll be able to play in the Vegas Liga for another four or five years with with the ability he's got with his passing ability. He's not maybe he's the most committed player, but he's top. He's a top top quality player. And for I mean, for me even the even the national side shouldn't be beyond him because because he's He's very good at set pieces, and that we don't have that in the national side. And in addition, he's just a very good passer of the ball. He can control the game. Yeah, I, I, I managed to get to the to one of the uh, home Liga Cup games, and I think in Asikor's first game, he came on for I don't know twenty five minutes, and then the next game that I I went to uh, against Kemi, he came on at half time, and just like that, you saw a change in mm. the way that the team, the way that the team played. And he, yeah, everything you said about being able to pick a, pick a pass and see passes that other players weren't seeing in the first half, really noticeable. And I guess the preseason will just see him playing longer and longer and longer until hopefully, you know, all game, every game doing that from the, from the very beginning. Mm. Um, it's also uh, d- during during that game there were two um, two trial players, um, which was um, Mate Radatsky and yep. El Haji Kane. Now Kane <laughs> Radatsky had uh, his name on the back of his shirt, so maybe there was a clue there that, that he things, signed. Yeah, that, that <laughs> progress a little bit, uh, and this was a couple of weeks ago, but. But Kane hadn't um, hadn't signed at that time, and he, he since has. And he's uh, Senegalese-born, um, uh, but raised in Spain, so has the EU passport. And bearing in mind that, you know, Asiko had lost a lot of defenders, then they signed some, and then one of them left again. I think people were a little bit worried that there was a, a little bit unbalanced at the back, and there were lots of players who could play at the back, in centre-back that aren't necessarily um, central defenders. So seeing him play and, you know, the, the, the lazy comparison is that, you know, with Gogoa, who just just been sold, that mm. he's perhaps bigger, strong, and came, and came out with the ball, playing with the ball at his feet. And I think it took about... 20 minutes for <laughs> for him to win over the fans and um I think everyone's pleased to see that he's uh, he's going to be there next year and I think he'll be uh, he'll be a real asset and and will keep hopefully keep that defense tight and, and also what was noticeable for me seeing him up close for the, the first time was Herme who just looked class even even with the Alice band he still he still looked class <laughs> with the with the ball at his feet and and reading at the game so yeah it bodes it bodes well yeah, I, like, I mean, I like Jarko Hurme, and I like a lot of the signings that Esiko have, have signed. I have to, I have to kind of cut cut it short a little bit because, I mean, it's 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 very difficult because there's a lot of good news coming out of Sena Yoki, but it does sometimes feel a little bit like an Esiko loving. <laughs> well, it's the only football I really get to watch over here, so it's it's something I can bring to the party. Yeah, but it's not the only football in Finland. I no, mean, it's it, uh, it, it, it's it's quite, but it is quite it is quite noticeable though that at Esiko, all of the big sort of stories, with the exception of Tapio Hekula, is signings coming in, like guys that have come in and 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 sort of made a difference. I suppose Axel Pelvas going to Sweden was was a decent story, but for Hoiko, the majority of the news is that they did either didn't sign somebody, missed out on someone, or they've let someone go. So Zanelli's gone now to uh, to Afghanistan in a club that I'm not going to try to pronounce. 
<laughs> um, but they've lost. They've lost a, again in, in a similar way that, that they did last year. They've lost a, a, a huge amount of players, and they're not really sort of bringing in a lot of reinforcements. It seems like they're uh, scouting by YouTube again. The uh, mm. that new Colombian chap. Well, apparently he's done quite well, and he's scored a couple of goals. It's it's one of these that seem to be. They think, all right, they look good, and they bring a lot of people in on trials. Some work, some don't, and you just sort of wonder where where the strategy is. Um, I, I do wonder that you know that whoever they've got doing their transfer dealings, you know, whether it's Aki when he goes to Tokyo or something else, it's it just seems like there's no structure to it. And you know, for a club that you know will say they're the biggest in Finland, which yeah, they are, but. They just seem to have such a scattergun approach where, you know, you need to sort of build on a solid core of players, but it's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, it's the impression I get is that they're a bit, a little bit kind of too clever. You know what I mean for their own for their own good. Like, like somehow they'll stand back and you know we'll see in in a big reveal in you know by the by May or June that they had a great squad of youth players all along. But yeah. I just think, I mean, like, uh, if you look at you look at Esiko and the way they set up, I can see how they're going to score goals. I look at, for example, PK35 uh, from Vanta, PK35, called Kutbis, from Vanta, and I can see how they're going to score goals. I can see that they've got, you know, they've got a lot of threatening players and a lot of threatening positions. I look at Hoyiko and I think, eh, there's not a great deal of threat. There's not a great deal of danger. They're probably going to be very tight and good solid defensively as they pretty much always are but they don't have a great deal of danger in attack they don't have they don't have a a, a target man or a, or a or a striker that you think this guy this guy's going to get 20 goals because i you look i look at somebody like Ropiriski and i think he's not going to be in the Vegas league by the end of the season i think he's going to score about 10 goals before september and I reckon with 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 the Yarmenko, they'll probably get to the sort of second, third qualifying round of in Europe. And if they do, and if Roper takes his chance, he'll be gone. He'll go. He'll go somewhere. He'll get back himself. Get himself back on the road in in Europe. Uh, but for Hoyiko, I just can't see, you know, where where the goals are going to come from. And maybe that that comment answers the question that Huck tried to tried to get over onto the question panel on the left hand side, but he. he Types he typed it wrongly. He said, "What position should Hodiko focus on?" So you you think it, it's probably someone to bring those goals? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. The, the contributions as much as anything else. You uh, you know, while they've lost goals up front, you know they've they've lost so much in midfield in the last sort of eighteen months or so. Um, you know, it just seems this Morelos. You know, he's scoring goals and he's looked good, but who's actually going to give him? You know, you sort of see now where, you know, Lord has gone and they've lost Zanelli and Savage just, you know, he isn't, he's gone as well. And just everything about it, you know, it just seems like they're okay. They probably will score goals if they have the chances. But other than Tanaka, you know, even last season, he was, he did okay in some games and, and not in others, but he's not necessarily the key. Each, it's each to their own, but I, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I've, I've never rated Tanaka. I, I don't know why. He's just one of those guys. I don't, I just don't like. It's not that I don't like. I was going to say I don't like the look of him, but that's, that's, that's too strong. I don't think he has enough end product. You know, what I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not a hang your hat on kind of, kind of player. And he, and you look out. Mostag Yagubi hasn't signed any for anybody yet. He's, he's they- still. Is he not uh-huh. signed for that Kazakh team as well? No, that he was out. out. The weekend. Is he? Is he done? Yes, yeah, him and uh, Zanelli have signed for the same club in Kazakhstan. No. Yeah, like... it was on, is it? It was on the Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to have to check. Be one of those when they've signed, but you know when the agent says, "But we're still looking at Turkey," so. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I—I mean, I've—I've I've seen all the confirmation about Zanelli, and I've seen it because he had offers apparently from the MLS, but yeah. I haven't seen anything on Mossa actually like confirmed. Yeah. Because I did I see it, that he was—he was rumored to be interesting. Se Core. Mm. 
yeah, there were negotiations, but pretty sure he signed, he's signed for this club, but it seems very loosely. He's still got, you know, he's picked up a girl at the club, but he's still hoping for that long-term crush. <laughs> so there's, there's some, there's some transfer stories. And we've well, we've sort of, started to we've sort of slipped in. Yeah. 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 So let's maybe let's carry on. With Liga Cup, I, I think I I talked I I did my bit about Asicor, so let's not let's not over overplay that for fear of upsetting everyone else, <laughs> the every, fans of every other you, yeah, mostly <laughs> Marco, yeah. Um, but and, and I think we've we've kind of also covered sort of what's been going on at Hoyicor. I've been hearing a lot of talk recently about Pearcare. <laughs> 35, Vanta, and their sexy kit. So do you want to talk about their football or do you want to talk about their new shirt, Rich? Um, well, my shirt is in the post, so uh, that's why I'm not wearing it. But um, they seem to have carried on in the vein that they did last year with their sort of Kosovo, Albanian and Spanish sort of influx. Um, they sort of have their bigger five amigos, I think they have. You know, they've still got Pablo Conago, you know, looking, looking sharp, you know, it's, um, you do sort of think, I haven't seen enough of them to, and the Liga Cup, you just will not ever put any sort of credence on form in the Liga Cup. But, um, you know, they, they look like they can mix it a little bit and they, they do look, they do look like they could implode like their manager at some point and go completely postal. But, you know, they, they look like, you know, they, there's more about them, say, than when um, KTP came up or, you know, last year, you know, Yaro just sort of flattered to the sea for a lot of the year. And then PK35 looked like, you know, they've got a little bit more about them. Um, you know, some of the players have, you know, they've picked up from other Vekas Liga clubs and, you know, most of that squad played in Ukenen last year. So, you know, they haven't made massive changes and... You know, with Chef Kikuchi, who knows? You know, last year he was quite mellow. But, um, you know, even in the pre-season this year, he's already shown the odd flash of, you know, the Chef Ki that we know and love from his year at Honka. Look, he's not the first. I think the difference between Chef Ki and most other managers is just that the microphones are closer <laughs> in, in, in the Vegas Liga. And the majority of other managers are, you know, a bit more... Used to the Vegas League environment. I mean, he's going to scream and shout. That's what Jeffy does. But it motivates his players, and you can't deny that he's a good manager because box office. He kept. It's not just box office. He kept Honker up when they had no. They didn't have a pot to pee in because they had. The, you know, they had no money. They they were they were going through finance financial troubles. Um, everything was kind of going to the wall, and he kept them up. And he kept them up by about six points, something like that. Not 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 a, not a great deal, but that wasn't an easy job by anybody's imagination. Then he moved to Vanta, and Vanta weren't exactly going anywhere until Shevki turned up. They they weren't like they weren't ripping up trees in in Utkaren. They were mid table, I think, relegation fodder for the season before. And then he came up and he made them promotion candidates, and he got them up. And I look at somebody like Niaji Kuchi, experienced striker. I reckon there's ten, twelve goals in 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 the Vekas Liga next year. He scored, I think, once or twice already in the in the Liga Cup. It'll be penalties, it'll be headers, it'll be scruffy goals. He's that kind of uh, bra- brawler in the box. But he'll get the goals that, for example, Yarrow couldn't get last year. He'll get the goals to keep, to keep him in the league. They're not just a sexy shirt. <laughs> and and how do we feel about the final? I, I, I think I, I will say one, one thing, that it was... It was noticeable that Asikor won Group A after just four games. I, I, I think the, the, the fifth game is still to be played, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's on, it's on they play rips. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in, in, uh, of note from that is that in four games, they've only conceded one goal. I think they've only, only scored four or five in that, in that as well. So, there's, there's work to be done. On, and, and I've won a couple of those games in the last minutes as well so it's yeah. a bit closer than perhaps that might that might suggest um and yeah we don't we don't want to read too much into the Liga Cup as you said Rich but it's it's a good start to the season 
anyway as a as a warm up go. Um, what what about Lati, Mark? Any any anything you can give us from from what they've been up to? I think when I when I look at the final and I look at I look at the way that they they got there, I, I like I like Lati. I just can't look that that far past Asiko because it's there's just they've got Rahimi scoring goals, Rupiriski scoring goals. They have Yeremenko. They've got you know just a ton of quality throughout the side. I'm a bit. I, I like I like I like Lati, but I I can't see them getting anything against Asiko. And apparently the finals being played here in Sainioki as well, which is quite handy. So I'll be able to get down for that. And um, At the newly no- nominated, what's it called now? Amps- <laughs> no, not the new Oma stadium. The Oma, Oma Aspect. Oma Asp. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oma, Oma Stadion on Maiden Gotti. Yes, yes. That was me. That was my, I know. my, my own skill. <laughs> was awesome. I, I, I'm going to give myself some love. Could I do that? Uh, no, no I'll give you some love for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe when I get when we go down for the for the Liga Cup final, it's indoors, of course. So um, maybe I'll crack open the old periscope and and let everyone have a look <laughs> and see what it's see what it's all about. So keep your keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, that's the uh, the joys of doing well in the group stage. You get home advantage. Is is that is that what it, is that how it works? Is it? I did yeah, gen- in in previous years, it's normally the team with the best group stage record um, can either yeah. host the game or elect where to play it. So um, it's uh, certainly a, a bit of a perk, I suppose. Um, you know, Asiko Talati isn't the biggest of trips, but Rops were playing Hoyiko last year, um, and that sort of all went a ri- little bit odd didn't it because it was a easter saturday i think it was and mm. uh yeah the, there were some transport issues but um yeah no it's um you know it's good and obviously both teams have, have won the league cup in the last couple of years so uh yeah no that should be uh should be quite interesting and and huck's quite right that means that the game won't be played behind closed doors <laughs> <laughs> it was goes back to what we were talking about in the last game and also the subject of a couple of a couple of recent blog posts, so which I'll, I'll come on to those again in a in a, a few minutes' time. Uh, Yuspe has asked a question. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Kemi? Yep, I think PS Kemi is the is there will be the proof in the pudding of why you shouldn't put too much faith in the Liga Cup because I reckon they're going back down in the in the Vegas Liga mm-hmm. season. I think they've done very well in the Liga Cup. I think they've got a lot of um, good. Young players, but but I think when a when a team comes up like Bayes Kemi, they they generally have a very good start to the season. That's full of energy and aggression. Um, Kemi's a it's a hell of a long way to go for a lot of the southern teams, so they'll do quite well at home. I, I don't think they've got the quality to stay up. And they, and they were decent. The game I the game I saw, they they did play well. It was surprisingly decent yeah. in that in that sense. And as I say, that it was almost the last kick of the game in the ninety second minute to. To nick it one nil. So. I think the, the the difference with the difference with promote, promoted teams is that the, the, these lads will have been from the second that last season finished, they'll have gone out on the jolly, and then they'll have been training every day <laughs> for the for the, for the absolute for every day for the for the winter, so they're ready for the Vegas Liga season. Um, whereas when every other team and every other player gets to the Liga Cup, they're pretty much using that as their preseason to get themselves ready. Um, but I mean, you know, it's just my personal opinion. But uh, I think Kemi and Ilves are, are going to be in trouble this year. They, I mean, they are a good team. They do play some good football. But going back to kits, it's um, Kemi last year had one of my favourite football shirts I've seen in a very long time. Half and half, red and blue, but with white sleeves. Yeah. And this year, they've... I don't know what's happened. They've gone to a Stano plain white jersey with... As a sponsor, disturb on it, and I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, admittedly, I'm a bit of a Johnny Come Lately to, you know, Kemi's traditional kit designs, but to see that it was just oh, broke my heart. And plus, the club wanted a 80 euros for one of their shirts last year, so uh, I it was a bit much. 80 euros? 
Yeah, apparently they were custom-made by Adidas and had to be ordered bespoke. Um, I I said, I'll I'll let you know, I'm just browsing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I, I didn't complete on, <laughs> on match day for that price. Yeah. For, for that price, I'd expect a squad number in at least two games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know that. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I, I think that we've, we've pretty much come... Not quite in order, but we've come to the end of our agenda. Um, Mark is still getting uh, far too much love and attention. I would, I would suggest a worrying amount of love. Yeah, and actually it's all coming from... Let's out him as well. It's coming from at Flaren as well. He seems to be quite enamoured. It must be your melodious Geordie tones that are <coughs> doing it for him. <laughs> um, so let's, let's start to wrap it up there. Thanks to everyone that's that's come and watched us live, that's that's um, asked questions, made comments. The format of this show really works when we have stuff coming on the screen, when we have questions, when we have tweets, and and we we can kind of bounce off that as well. So thanks everyone that's here live, and those that aren't listening live, listen to the podcast. You know, thanks for thanks for downloading that, and see if you can join us next time for the for the finished football show number five. Um, just to remind you of where you can find me, Mark and Rich, outside of the, the recorded show. So Mark's on fcsuomi.com. Mark, what's, what's the most recent thing that's gone on your, um, your page recently? The most recent one was the, the roundup from the weekend, and, and it was a pretty disappointing one because there was a lot of good performances on the guys for the guys that actually got game time. But um, Mika Oyala, Yopo Hyampalo, Nicholas Moisander, the whole host of, of Finnish national team players just aren't getting the games. They're sitting on the bench every week, and it's quite frustrating. Thanks, Mark. And, and Rich is on escapetosuomi.com. And, Rich, I think you just had something published um, in the last day or two from one of, one of our friends here on the message board. Yeah, um, Huck did a um, very welcome, very very good interview with... Uh, Kaiser Collin, who's a Finland under-19s international for the girls' team, uh, who also plays for Hoyiko. Uh-huh. She's very... Um, I I hadn't actually spoken to her before. Um, in the interview, she came across as a very confident young girl, which, you know, from my experience of being married to a Finnish woman, you know, it's, it's pretty much the norm. But um, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean it was a, it was a good interview, and Huck's done a couple of pieces for for ETS recently, and it's uh, yeah really really enjoyed it, and it's uh, it's always nice to have some people doing my work for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep up the good work, Huck. Yeah. I'm I'm on uh, explore exploreFinlandPodcast.com. Uh, I've just pretty much come to the end of season two. The final episode went out last weekend, and it was me doing the old. Uh, Avanto Winti, which is uh, ice ice swimming. So I went to the, went to the sauna and then in in through the hole in the in the frozen lake, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I, I just it sounds ridiculous, but it was like this chemical chemical rush. And I'm going back again. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of hooked. I've got that so you can, for you my can find morning a... to work tomorrow. Yeah, well, there all, you go. I've got it all queued up. Can't see that. It's all queued up on my phone. Oh, bless you. you. You did that just so that I would give you some love, didn't you? I will do because I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also, uh, at the end of, end of the, last, the last podcast, I mentioned having ideas for uh, some additional content from the Finnish football show. Uh, we have got something. A couple of other people outside of us have, have recorded some uh, blog articles that they've written. And I've put them together in in a shorter podcast, which will come out in between this and the next Finnish football show. Um, we're going to call it Finnish Football Shorts, um, which was Mark's, Mark's name for that, that additional show, and I, I like it, or eventually I liked it once I got it. Um, keep your eyes open. It'll come in the same feed. It'll all be part of the Finnish football show, but there'll be these two slightly different formats. And if any of you guys listening want to contribute to that, then you can reach me on Twitter at Explore Finland and uh, I can give you my email address where you can send the, send the things through to. So uh, very happy to uh, 
accept en- uh, submissions from anyone. And uh, if they if they sound good and they're, they're interesting subjects about Finnish football, then we'll include it on there. And it just allows us to put a bit more out without us doing too much more work, which is always good. I have to give one uh, big up to the boys on the border, TP47, TP47. And that's because somebody just told you you have. That's to. the that's the Florin who's been uh, giving me all giving me all the yeah. love for the last hour. <laughs> so he just bought a shout out. Is two thousand the limit? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you get for two thousand. I'll have to. I'll have to start a, like a pricing strategy. No, <laughs> okay, guys, uh, we're we're going to hang around uh, at the end of the recording for. Um, a little bit of off the record. Uh, you're, those that are watching are welcome to join us. And those that are listening on the podcast, your fun's going to end when this piece of music ends. <laughs> yep, 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 yep.